Father God, we worship you and praise you in all things, and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, Lake Church. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to the fifth chapter of the book of Ephesians. And uh, I had intended on being through with this lesson, but uh, the Lord has given some more information due to current events and circumstances uh, that I believe will be uh, a great, um, of great benefit to you. So let's look at uh, verse number 7 of Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 7. It says, Therefore, do not become partners with them. He's talking about people who um, are immoral, impure, those that are covetous, which is idolatry. Um, he says, For at one time you were darkness. Now, it doesn't say at one time you were in the dark. Are you were dark? It says you were darkness. You were darkness. That was your spiritual condition, was that you were in absolute and utter darkness. Notice what it says, but now you are light in the Lord. Amen? Praise God. You were once darkness, but now what? You're light in the Lord. Praise God. You passed from death unto life, you pass from darkness to light. Amen? So you are the light of the world because you have the light of the world that lives on the inside of you. You may not know what to do next, but you're never in the dark. Amen? You're never in the dark. And he says this, he says, walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. Now that's the thing about light is light is a blessing. How many appreciate light in the middle of the night? Amen. Amen. Walking in darkness, you know, you get your phone uh, light on and you're able to see. You turn the lights on, you're able to see things. You're able to see furniture that you would otherwise stub your toe against and things of that nature. So light is wonderful, being able to walk in the light. But also light reveals things that we don't necessarily want to see. Okay? So we not only are to walk in the light that um, aids us in our journey, but we also walk in the light that reveals things that hinder our journey. Amen? And so walking in the light is just the difference between the ordinary mirror you have in your bathroom and what they call a makeup mirror. Okay, you go into a, a mirror, you know, in your bathroom and, you know, you can get by with that depending upon the lighting, you know, and it'll give you confidence to go off in your day. But you get under a makeup mirror, you may not want to come out of the house for about a week. <laughs> and there are many times that the Lord will reveal things to us that show us things that we need to change, things, attitudes and concepts and ideas, ideologies that we need to change. And sometimes we get revealed as we open the Word and stay in His presence, we begin to see things that we need to change. And that's not always easy, is it? It's always good to see something good, but you know what? Light also reveals stuff that's bad so that we can change those things. But God never reveals anything that he doesn't have the ability to change in your life. Amen? Do you believe that? So it says this, Walk in as children of light, 
For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and righteous and true. So I know that I'm walking in the light if what I'm walking in is good, right, and true. Amen? So if I'm walking in good, I'm walking in right, I'm walking in true, then I'm walking in the light of the Lord. We are to walk in the light as He is in the light. And as we do that, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Amen? Amen. We are to walk in the light of life. That's what we're called to walk in, not in darkness. Darkness means ignorance. Darkness means not knowing. Darkness can also mean turning a blind eye and a deaf ear to the things of God. There are people that will blind themselves and clog up their ears. Jesus said that. Their eyes they barely see, their ears they barely hear. You see, they have stopped up their ears, and many do that. When it comes to the word of the Lord, especially if he's dealing with an area of your life that's very sensitive to you, you'll want to kind of plug your ears and not want to hear it. But you know you're to walk in the light. So if God is revealing something to you, then that means the anointing is there to break and destroy the yoke that is over your life. And so we've got to constantly put ourselves in a position of walking in the light. Now notice it says... And it says, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. See, there's work that's involved in trying to discern what is pleasing to the Lord in every situation of your life. Because the Bible doesn't explicitly give us directions on everything. It gives us directions and guidance. But you know what? We need to pray. We need to seek the Lord. We need to continue to search the Scriptures to be able to find certain things to aid us in our quest to find what is pleasing to the Lord in whatever situation that we find ourselves in. And then he goes on and says, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. Everybody say secret. secret. What I've tried to expose to you by understanding the craft is understand the secret uh, operations that are hindering your life, that are hindering you personally and are hindering you corporately. Because you know what? Witchcraft is the fallen religion of man. It's the fallen man religion. That means that man operates in the realm of witchcraft because he is disconnected from the source. And when you're disconnected from the source of life, you use anything you possibly can to get advantage, to be able to get ahead. And so many times people will look to false gods, <coughs> they will look to divination, they will look to all kinds of different things to try to get guidance, to try to get some kind of power, to try to get some kind of information that will put them ahead, okay? And that means that if they have to use certain things and certain gifts that God has given them to be able to manipulate and intimidate people so that they can dominate life, Okay, so it's vital and important that you understand that that has to stop in your life. You've got to lose your life in order to get it. And uh, witchcraft is the exact opposite. It's where you save your life. Amen? You save your life. You're constantly in self-preservation. You're trying to save the way you live and what you do consistently. Amen? Many times our money doesn't go towards the things of God. Our money goes to the preservation of our status and our kingdom. 
And many times, you know, we complain and we gripe about having to pay certain bills and certain things of that nature, when in all actuality, we are the God that created the debt that needs the bills to be paid. Do you understand that? So we actually become servants to our own lusts and our own appetites, and we can't answer the call of God many times because we have enslaved ourselves by our own appetites and desires. And that's the whole desire that, um, that the devil uses to encapsulate us and to, and to keep us from breaking out. Amen? But it says secret. People do things in secret. Hello. There's secret stuff going on. That's one thing that we learned in 2020 is there's secret stuff going on and we didn't know it was going on because we had our head in the sand and we were not operating the way we should we got so enamored with the economy and with the things that were going on during that particular administration that we put our head in the sand as to what was going on in our nation and around the world and that the, the ever since the the 2016 election our our it seems that the the kingdoms of the world are aligning themselves to the one world ideology, even our nation. Even during the Trump administration for the four years that was there, you know, there was a constant move towards globalism. And there was a attack, and it brought the attack to the forefront where the realm of witchcraft began to operate in the world through manipulation, through the media machine, through certain things that were going on. And we began to get revealed to us the underpinnings of society. Secret societies began to rise up. Exposure of secret societies began to permeate in the culture. And God did that for a purpose to open our eyes to where we can see clearly and know what we need to do. Amen. The Bible says the sons of Issachar knew their times. They were people that knew their times and were able to know what the Lord wanted them to do. Amen? And we've got to be the sons of Issachar in this time. We've got to be people that understand the times, understand the, the context of what we're living in so that we can operate the way the Lord would want us to operate. Amen? Are you alive out there? Amen. <clears throat> and notice what it says. It says, but when, uh, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. And that's the truth. Once you see something, you can't unsee it. Once it becomes revealed to you, it never goes away. When a revelation light comes into your life, I'm here to tell you, you don't ever lose it. There are things that the Lord has told me that I couldn't lose if I wanted to. Amen? It is so visible. It is so clear. And it was revelation. The Lord revealed it to me, not myself. Amen? And once I saw it, it became visible. And notice what it says. For anything that becomes visible is light. So the light becomes the light. Amen? And then he goes on and says, Therefore it says... This is really the goal of these teachings. Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Amen? Now, for sake of time, I'm not going to go into great detail, but if you go to Ezekiel chapter 8, you will see that the prophet Ezekiel was given secret information as to what was secretly going on in the temple. He wondered why he was in Babylonian captivity, and the Lord showed him. 
He gave, took him to the temple. He caused him to look through a little crack that was in the base of the temple. And he began to see all kinds of idolatry, all kinds of revelry, all kinds of orgies that were being done by the priesthood and the people that should be spiritually on another plane or another level, the leaders and elders of the nation were in folly and they were in occult worship. Now that has great bearing on our nation today because I believe it has been revealed that in all sectors of society in our nation have been infiltrated by occultists. Amen? And the reason why that we're going into a captivity, a seemingly captivity, because guess what? Inflation is a form of captivity. Higher interest rates is a form of captivity. Okay? Healthcare crisis is a form of captivity. All these are forms of captivity. Well, guess what? Judgment begins where? In the house of God. So we need to understand that the, the church is not peripheral to the world, but the world is peripheral to the church. So God deems the church. As the church goes, so goes the nation. Now we've lost that. We've lost that idea, but it is a New Testament idea. It's a New Testament concept that as goes the church, so goes the world. So if the world, if the church is corrupt, if the church is lackadaisical, if the church is lukewarm, then we can begin to see that we no longer have an effect upon the things of the nation. Amen? And we found that, that you know, we, we got into entertainment. We got into all kinds of different things. We got into methodology of church instead of really developing disciples and preaching the truth of God's Word. We kind of had feel-good messages. Come on now. We've done this for 20-plus years. And there's not anybody that's exempt from it. Not any church was not touched by it. They, they may not have changed they may not have done their methodology, but they were <coughs> greatly influenced by it. Every church was influenced by it because every church's goal was seats and money. And that's not the goal of the church. That's not the goal of Jesus Christ. The goal is to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. So he says, awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will what? Give you light. Christ will shine on you. And so we're endeavoring to shine the light on things that will aid and help you in this time. And when he saw those things, he understood why he was in Babylonian captivity. Because as goes spiritual leadership, so goes the world. Amen? So it's time for us to rise up. It's amazing to me that we don't have more of a supernatural culture in the church today. You, we should be the corner market on all things supernatural. A person shouldn't have to go to an occult bookstore to be able to understand all things spiritual. They should be able to go to church. Oh, come on now. They should be able to go to church and understand that Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit conquers every other spirit. But many people don't have that revelation. Many people don't even know we're in a spiritual battle. They think it's all about morals. Morals is a part of things, but it's not the whole thing. Amen? <clears throat> Being a good person. You know, we've equated it. Be a good person. Well, you know, that, that's, it's nice to be a good person. But you know what? You'll be a good person. The devil just slits your throat, man. That's right. 
You better know who you are, you better know whose you are, and you better know what you have. And you can't resist what you don't believe is there. If you do not believe the devil's there, if you do not believe that demons exist, then you're not going to resist them. They're going to continue to have sway over you and influence you. Now, the whole point that I'm trying to make today is because we're going to look at the, the astral world debacle, <clears throat> and we're going to expose that and show that to you. But what I need to show you is that there are spirits that are in operation in the world today as known as territorial spirits, okay? Now, let's look at Deuteronomy. Now, this isn't in my notes, but... I feel led to go over here. Deuteronomy 32. Deuteronomy 32. And starting with verse number 17. <clears throat> it says, They sacrificed to demons that were no gods, to gods that they had never known, to new gods that had come recently whom your fathers had never dreaded, okay? Now, the word demon there in the first is the word in the uh, Hebrew, shadim, shadim. And uh, it should be translated shadim, you know, not just demon, but shadim, because it's a different classification. The word shadim means territorial spirit. There are spiritual hierarchies. We've studied it that are over certain territories. And in fact, certain cities have, you know, um, you know certain territorial spirits that are um, operating over that city, okay? Now, this is the case in every city. And in fact, the book of Acts reveals that. So let's look at Acts 16. Acts 16. Wherever the Apostle Paul went in his missionary journey, he would have to first begin to face the spiritual strongman of the territory. The spiritual strongman of the territory. Now, most people, they want revival. I want revival. I want revival. But they don't understand that the New Testament pattern is always riot before revival. Okay, Why is the riot? Because territorial powers are being threatened. Amen? And when territorial powers are threatened, they cause riots. So what's been going on in our nation for the last two to three years is because God is doing something. Amen. We need to see it not just as bad, negative, which a lot of negative things came out of it. I understand that. But we also understand that the enemy doesn't kick around and make all kinds of trouble if he doesn't feel threatened. If there's not something that God has already done and is doing that is causing a, a, a threat to him, that's causing him to act in a certain way, okay? So this has happened in Philippi. You see, the, the, um, the Macedonian call comes to the Apostle Paul, and he goes and follows that call. And he meets a woman in verse number 11 uh, called Lydia, who was a seller of purple. She was a garment maker and uh, dyed garments and, uh, you know, purple garments. 
And uh, she was his first convert in the region of Philippi. But as he is beginning to do his work in that region, there's a young damsel. Notice what it says in verse number 16. It says, as we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination. Everybody say divination. Okay, that, that word is the word um, Pythia or Python. Python, the spirit of Python. And uh, it comes from the Greek word for Pythia, which has connection to what is known as the oracle of Delphi. Now, if you study your Greek, you know, gods and things of that nature, you'll realize that the order or the oracle of Delphi were actually the priests and priestesses of Apollo, okay? So the region of Philippi was seen over a territorial spirit that is going that is coming in the United States of America called Apollo. And eventually Apollo will be the spirit of the Antichrist because that's exactly what uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 says. The, the son of perdition, the word perdition, Apollia, Apollo. Okay? So this region was ruled over by a spirit, the spirit of Apollo or the spirit of Pythia, the spirit of Python, okay? Now, what you have to understand is that Apollo is a hunter, <clears throat> just like Nimrod is a hunter. He has, he's known by a bow and arrow. How many, how many remember your, your school, okay? A bow and arrow. Now, he has poisonous darts. He's also, get this, the god of plagues, Okay? He's also the god of music and the god of oracle or oratory. So he, he begins to speak and prophesy, okay, Apollo. And that's what this young lady did. She would give divination or direction from the spirit world to people that would pay a price, and she would give oracles from Apollo, okay? Now, she's following Paul and Silas, and she's saying this. Notice what it says. She brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. But Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the what? He said to the spirit. He didn't say to the girl. He said to the spirit. He said this, Come out of her, and it, notice that, it came out that very hour. So here we have two just Jewish men that are coming to proclaim the message of the gospel, being confronted with the, uh, the Shadim, the territorial spirit of the area to try to thwart their message. How does he do it? Well, notice what this young lady did. She began to advertise for them. See, that's what the enemy will do. He won't necessarily just attack it. He'll try to join to it. Because if he can join to it, oh, he can dilute it and control it. 
Uh, this is the same thing that went on at the building of the second temple. How many remember those stories in Ezra and Nehemiah? You see, the enemies that didn't want them building will say, let us help you build. Well, that, that's a tactic of the enemy. Let us help you build. And, of course, they resisted that, and it caused all kinds of trouble for them. Amen? But that's the first thing they're going to do is they're going to try to join and co-mingle together with you because they want to control the situation. Do you understand that? They want to control the situation. Okay? So he didn't want that kind of advertising. Even though this person was saying, these men follow the Most High God and they have the way of salvation. Well, it was coming from the wrong source. It was coming from an occultic source. The people knew who she was. And basically what the enemy was trying to do is to associate their message with her message and try to make it one. And that's really the goal of occultism and all kinds of paganism is to make everything one. We talked about that last week about, you see, the uh, oneism and the fact that everything is coming together that nature, man, and God are all one, okay? So that's what they try to do. They try to just swallow up the true message in the false message, okay? Thereby getting rid or diluting its power, amen? But I'm here to tell you, even the oracle of Delphi, even the Apollo, the great orator, the great hunter, had to shut his mouth and get out of that girl once a man who understood greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world told him to get out of her. Amen? But I want you to notice something. That this spirit didn't just stop at the fact that this lady was delivered. Notice it began to agitate two aspects of every community and every city. Which would be government and commerce. Because her owners were no longer making money off of her. So what did they do? They complained to the government. And the government put Paul and Silas in jail. Okay, beat them with rods and put them in jail. But understand this, that they're all tied together. That whatever the strong man is in a nation, he is tied to the commerce or economics and he is tied to the government. Come on. Wake up. Wake up. Every time. It's not just here, but look over at the 19th chapter of Acts. And you see it again in, the, in, in Ephesus. You see it in Ephesus. Paul begins to preach in Ephesus. He begins to declare the gospel and establish the church. <clears throat> it's such a powerful ministry that... All, even garments that were on him would get filled with the power of God and they'd take them to the infirmed and demons were cast out of people and people were healed and set free. Notice that. And then all of a sudden the seven sons of Sceva, these Jewish proselytes, come and they try to invoke the name of Jesus and, and it causes a, a delineation to be made in the eyes of the people that it couldn't be commingled. There was a true message with true power, and there was a false message with false power. And they began to see it, and the fear of the Lord came upon the city. And it says very clearly, look at verse number 19. It said, Also, many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. What's he talking about? 
baseball, football. No, he's talking about occult practices. They began to divulge their secrets. It's a shame for even them to, for what they do in secret, what the Apostle Paul said. Notice that. He said, confessing and divulging their practices, and a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought, them, brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. Now listen, they didn't have everybody bring your books and burn. They did this on their own volition. They did this on their own will. I don't believe in book burning. I don't believe in album burning, if you want to burn albums. I don't believe in all that. But if you've got a situation that has held you bondage and you've saw the truth and you choose to burn something, I'm right there with you. You choose to put those drugs in the toilet and flush them down, I'm right there with you. Amen? But you know what? I'm not going to have a book burning party or, or you know, a music burning party. That's not, that's not good. Amen? But these people didn't come because the Apostle Paul told them to. They came because they got moved on by God. They said, we got to get rid of this stuff. And they didn't give it away. They didn't put it in their yard sale. They burned it. Because they understood the influence that it had on them. But notice the influence came from a certain deity in Ephesus that's different than Apollo. Artemis or Diana. Remember, Diana of the Ephesians or Artemis of the Ephesians. Diana is just the Greek term. Artemis is uh, the, um, the uh, term, uh, you know, uh, east of, uh, you know, eastward as far as like Turkey. Okay, had a different name for her. Okay, so... Notice what happens is that the economics begin to get affected by what happened here with these people turning from Diana, no longer buying idols, no longer buying their crafts and their works, and it caused economic unrest. Both Philippi and Ephesus are patterns of what is happening in the United States of America. The fact is, is that when the church rises up and does its job, it will cause changes in the economy, and it will cause changes in the government, because it begins to affect the influencing Shadim territorial spirits, begin to get very, very antsy, because they know that you have more authority than they have that Jesus has stripped them of all of their power, and now the church is finally realizing that we can operate in the same realm as Jesus Christ and begin to bind on earth what is bound in heaven and loose on earth what is loosed in heaven. And he doesn't want you to believe that. He just wants you to believe that this is just a social club where you come to feel good about yourself and then you just go off and live any way you want to. He doesn't want you to believe that you are the Ecclesia, you are the called out, you are the ruling legislative assembly of God. He doesn't want you to know that at all. Because that's what happened in Ephesus, and that's what happened in Philippi. Now, people will say, well, you know, that's old, and, you know, they were superstitious in those days, and they weren't very educated like we are today. Well, let's look at our first picture here. This is an idol. Her name is Portlandia. Portlandia. Now, how many remember the show Portlandia? Anybody? 
Anybody care to admit to Portlandia? You know, how many like Fred Armisen? I like Fred Armisen. Okay, so what was Portlandia about? Portlandia, this, it's, a, uh, it's a sketch comedy, and um, it basically is a satirical look at the various personalities and types that find themselves in the Portland area. Okay, now you need to understand something about cities, is that cities... If we go by the law of first mention, how many know what the law of first mention is? That means if a particular topic or word, when it is mentioned first in the context of when it's mentioned is its definition. So when we see a word that is listed in the first chapter of Genesis like light, we know what light means. It means light through all other 65 books of the Bible, the same thing. Well, when it comes to city, the first city was, was developed by Cain. Cain was the first one to build a city. It was a city named after his son called Enoch, okay? All right? So, it is in a negative connotation. It is in a negative connotation because it's Cain, okay? You look at the people of God. You look at Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They never dwelt in cities. They never, because this is, this is the thinking, all right? This is the, is that when people conglomerate into groups and cities, they begin to get a collective mind. And that collective mind is always, and I don't, I, there's not one city in the United States that is for God. There's not one city. Majority of cities want to ban God, push God out, because they get a collective will and a collective mind. And so God doesn't look very kindly on cities. I'll, I'll prove it to you. Now, he has a city, and that city's going to come down, and it's going to be absolutely perfect. But in the meantime, fallen man collecting together was not something that God desired. Remember, he said, go forth and go throughout the earth. That's what he wanted them to do. But what was the curse of Babel? They all conglomerated into one setting and became a collective will and a collective mind that was against God, okay? So this is Portland, Oregon. Portland is a very liberal culture, a very bohemian culture. And so Portlandia kind of showcases these various different ideas of people because cities attract certain types of people. Come on now, study sociology, study these things. Um, there's certain aspect in certain... Seattle does not give permits for churches. The Seattle will not... If you try to build a church in Seattle, they're going to... In, in Seattle proper, they will deny you because it's in their collective mind and their collective culture. Well, Fred Armisen has this joke about Portland that says, you know, Portland is where young people go to retire. And that's kind of the, the attitude there. It's very bohemian, very, you know, art, artsy, artistic, things of that nature. And they all collect around that San Francisco, the same thing. There are certain types of people, ideas, and cultures that conglomerate in certain areas. That is Shadim. That is territorial spirits attracting Now, I shared with you that economics, commerce, and government all tie in 
to the territorial spirit, the principality. This is a principality. This is Portlandia, which is basically modeled after the Greek goddess Hecate, which is the goddess of witchcraft. Notice the trident. Why would you need a trident? It was just a picture of a beautiful woman, all right? A trident is a symbol just like a wand, just like a, a magical totem or a magical, you know, um, <clears throat> you know, vehicle or technology, okay? So Portlandia is the spirit. Now, where is Portlandia at? Portlandia is at the entrance to the economic center of Portland. So don't tell me this stuff ain't real. Hello. How many have traveled to the United States and you've went to se se different cities and you, because you're a believer, you've, you've sensed certain things? How about New Orleans? I know a lot of people that went to New Orleans and or Nolans, or whatever you want to call it, and they, they sent something. I went to Californication and had, to, <laughs> had that feeling. You know, there was just a different spirit to the place. Have you ever said that? There's just a different spirit to this place. Or How many have ever went to a place of business or someone's home, and it just had a different spirit to it? Well, it's kind of giving you the idea of who's really in control, who, what's the main influencer. Hello, my, my house, you know, I want you to come in. I want you to feel the presence of the Lord. I want you to feel the shalom peace of God. But in many houses, you could get in strife. You could cut it with a knife and take it home with you. I mean, it, it's just almost like, you know, a bar of soap, you know. I mean, you just kind of carry it around. But, but it's because what spirit is in the room or in the atmosphere. Okay? So this clearly tells us that these shrines are these seemingly meaningless, you know, insignificant works of art, is what they'll say. It's just a work of art. Well, very interesting media that she's made of. She's made of 100% copper. Now, if you know anything about the occult, and I didn't know this, so, you know, I hope you don't know all these things, but... But, uh, but if you're, you know, understand the occult, you know that copper is one of the main conductors used for spiritual entity, entities or spiritual energy in pagan temples. Copper was known as cyprium in the past, and uh, it was used as a conductor. There are actual buildings and things built in our nation, all around our nation, that are built with media or construction elements that are conducive to spiritual energy. Now we go back to the book of Enoch and we study what Azazel taught humanity about the various metals in the earth. Okay? So and it's still operating. Is this okay? Are we all right? You guys are looking at me like, you're the weirdest man I've ever heard in my life. But, but see, you, you very often find these, not necessarily in statues everywhere, but you'll find them on state and local seals. You'll find them in the iconography of various territories and realms, okay? So you'll find definitely, you know, 
the God of justice and the God of, you know, various different gods. And you'll begin to see, and you'll get ideas as to what the strong man is in an area. Okay? Witchcraft is one of the strongest areas of Portland. Now, get this. In 2020, and even into 2021, underneath this 15-foot, if it was standing, it would be 30-foot tall statue was where the BLM riots were. Think about that. Think about that. Isn't that amazing? That's where the riots were, under Portlandia. See, it isn't just Portland, it's Portlandia. See, it's a spirit behind. Okay? All right. So, now we're going to get to the part that we all look forward to. All right? Now we're going to get to uh, Astro World. All right? And is there a supernatural connection to Astroworld? Absolutely. Let's go to the next picture here. Okay, let's go to the next one. I'm not going to do that. Run out of time. Okay, so at the start of Astroworld, which basically during this time you had Drake and, and you had Travis Scott. Now, Drake and Travis Scott are both hip-hop artists, R&B artists, and they're very, very popular, very, very popular not just among young people, but among all people. I mean, there you got 50,000 people there. There's young and old alike, okay? So we can't, and we got to stop this at the church saying, oh, it's the young people. It's the young, but we got to stop it. We got to stop it, and we got to realize it's all people, <laughs> okay? You got 50,000 people in one place. You're going to have some 50-year-old people in there. You're going to have some, come on, you're going to have it, okay? So they're all at this place to see Drake and to see Travis Scott. Travis Scott is one of the most popular hip-hop artists. He's married to a Kardashian. So what does that tell you? He's married to a witch. But uh, anyway, uh, <clears throat> I'm serious. Those, Listen, how can you have a long-running series program with those people? Who is interested in that? It's enchantment brought upon by satanic anointing that is on these to teach our young girls to operate as whores. Hello. Come on now. Hate to use that strong language, but we've got to shake ourselves and realize what this is. Sexual immorality is being preached through these shows. Now you can just sleep with whoever you want and which basketball star you're with and who, what hip-hop artist you're with. You know, she had Kanye in, in her grip for a while. One, one of them did, Kim. He got saved, but you know what? He's kind of been back and forth a little bit. Why? Because the connections are very real. We talked about soul ties, okay? So they're here to see this guy. Now, Travis Scott... He's one of the biggest artists. I mean, he's on Fortnite, man. He's on Fortnite, the largest children's computer game in the world. He has concerts there. He's got an avatar that they access and things of that nature. So he's big. He's not just big among teenagers. He's big among 
little kids. In fact, there was a 10-year-old that died in this concert that we're talking about here. Okay? So he starts off with a phoenix flying atop a mountain. We'll begin to see that this is the start of the concert. You can see that there's a, a kind of a half of a portal that's showing there, and we see this flying, burning bird. Now, it might look like a bat, but I believe it's a phoenix. And a phoenix represents, uh, you see, something that kills itself and resurrects. Kills itself and resurrects. And that's really the theme of our modern liberal culture, is that they want to burn down what is currently um, the status of the United States and the world, and they want to resurrect, like a phoenix rising from the ashes, a new culture, a new ideology. And so we have the phoenix. Now we'll find out later that this bird is also associated with other, other gods. Now go to the next picture. Okay, so here's the backdrop. You see a mountain. You see that there's a cave or an opening inside the mountain. And then you have the word Siyah on the other side. Okay? So we kind of get started off with this. You've got basically a portal inside of a mountain that basically takes you to the other side of something. All right? So we're talking about access portals. All right? Now, are portals in the Bible? Yes, they are in the Bible. Uh, Jacob's ladder was a portal. Jacob's ladder wasn't just a ladder that you buy at the hardware store. It was a spiral, and it was an entry point into the kingdom realm of God. Okay? You've got to understand that. Notice what Jesus tells the Laodicean church. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will let me in, I will come in and I will sub. So he's basically saying you've got to, as an act of your will, allow Jesus to come in. He's not going to take the door down. He has to have access because whatsoever we bind on earth, it's bound in heaven. Whatsoever we loose on earth is loose in heaven. Now, if that's true in our relationship with Jesus and his ability to expand and enlarge in our lives, then how much more is it of demon spirits as well? Do you understand that? There's doorways. See, demons just can't come in because man has been given dominion. So man has to give demon spirits permission and access. That's the reason why you have to watch what you watch. You have to watch what you listen to because everything is a gateway. Okay, it's a gateway. It's either bringing something that's profitable to you or it's bringing something that's detrimental to you, okay? So when we worship God like we just did, basically our portal, which is our spirit, which we are a portal of God that God reaches through to heal the nations, to cast out devils and to administer, you know, righteousness, we are actually portals. We're opening up. Open up ye gates, the Bible says. That's what he's talking about. Opening up the portal to where interaction with you and God is unhindered. Jesus said it this way. He said, you think this is amazing? Wait till you see. You see the, the angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. What was he saying? That he's a portal. He's got access, a open heaven to the things of God. And praise God, if you're a believer today, you have an open heaven. Yes. 
but there are also portals that can be opened that bring in satanic entities. And as worship to Yahweh opens those up in our lives, worship opens these as well. But we wouldn't categorize it as worship, but yet throughout this concert, Travis is continually telling the people to lift their hands. Now, these are 50,000 people that are crammed in because of the enchantment that's coming from that stage. They're crammed into where they can't even move. And while he is addressing the crowd because someone apparently had gotten, fell and gotten stomped on, he says this, he says, Take your middle finger and shoot it up to the sky if you are all right. Now, why would you do that if it wasn't satanically inspired? 50,000 people flipping off Yahweh. This is, this is stuff that, that's being done. Now, we all think, hey, you know, cool, 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 you know. We think we're flipping off the man. Hello. So he says, lift your hands. What does the lifting of the hands do? Lifting of the hands is vital and important. It's a yielding is what it is. It's a yielding. It says, I yield to you. Yod. My hand, my industry, my life, which, is in, 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 which invokes the idea of everything that I do, I yield to you. I yield my will because my will is done through my hands. Oh, come on, guys. And so when we lift our hands, and some people won't lift their hands in church. I don't understand that. Just lift your hands. Say, I yield to you. You're trying to, you're trying to, you're trying to work everything out. You're trying to work out your problems. You're trying to do No, do this. Yield. Say, you know what? I can't handle it. I cast my care on the Lord. I yield to you. Amen? Amen? Well, the same is true with this. Go to the next picture. Okay, now, go, just take, take a couple pictures here. Go to that picture with both of them there, Mark, if you would. This is a, a picture from, there it is. Okay, this is the picture from the Renaissance era as the entrance into hell. And, it, and notice they're going through a mouth. But notice the entrance into Astro World. It's Travis Scott, an image of him, and they're passing through his mouth to go to this concert. So you can kind of see the imagery. Now, I have to give Travis Scott the benefit of the doubt because I really don't believe Travis Scott has... Uh, the acumen to be able to understand all these things. Okay? But I know, do know his handlers do. I remember I was watching a uh, documentary on Ozzy Osbourne. I, Ozzy was my man when I, was, when I was a kid, you know. I liked Ozzy Osbourne. And, uh, but if you know Ozzy Osbourne, he, he doesn't even know what day it is. <laughs> I mean, you know, let alone to be able to to understand. So he was doing a Christmas concert. It was during the Christmas season. They were going to do some Christmas elements with his stage. He had no idea. His wife Sharon knew. Jezebel in the flesh. But uh, his wife Sharon knew. And, uh, and she said, Oh, Ozzy, this is where uh, we have a crucified Santa. 
okay? And and he didn't have any clue. I mean, he, you know, that's all he'll do is just get up there. <laughs> Listen, he's just a monkey. That's the person that cranks the wheel that's really in control. And a lot of this, I, I think, is done by his handlers. I, I, I don't think he could have come, come up with all of this. I don't think he protested it. Because who doesn't want to feel like a god? Okay? So go to the next. Go to the next picture. Yeah, okay. So here he is. See how he's jumping out? See, that portal opens, and it begins to spiral, and he jumps out. It's really cool, man. You see it on there. He, he's jumping out, something like out the Matrix, man. He's jumping out. But what does that symbolize? That symbolizes spirits jumping out of the abyss. Okay? So he's, he, come, he comes. He doesn't just do that jump on the stage. He comes up from it. Okay, so that's what portals do. They either come from heaven or they come from hell. They come from the ab abyss, all right? Okay, so he jumps up there, and, uh, you know, it, it, it begins to show that something has come up from the abyss, all right? The next shot there. Okay, then we have all this fire. We got eight plumes of fire. We begin to see the great spiral there. And it just looks hellish, doesn't it? It just absolutely looks hellish. He comes in, he does that. Now, see, I was a KISS fan, so, you know, I'm used to a lot of this. Now, this is far more dramatic than I've ever seen, in a, you know, and, but, but uh, you know, I'm used to this kind of stuff. But this is very, very, very dramatic, okay? So let's go to the next one here. <clears throat> now, this is Travis Scott himself. And I want you to look at his shirt. In his shirt, you can see blue people symbolized by living people passing through a portal, and they're uh, red and got fire on their head. So obviously, he's talking about transferring from one realm to another realm, okay? See y'all on the other side. See y'all on the other side. Well, there's people that went to the other side. Nine people that we know of. There's many more probably, but nine people that we know of lost their lives in that concert. Went home. Their, their mamas packed them away, gave them a kiss. They went to this, and they passed through into a realm that they probably never even were taught about. All right? But this guy, you know, his what he wears and what he's saying and what is around him is all pointing to the witchcraft nation that we've been talking about. All right, let's go to the next one. Okay, now this is Enki. This is the Sumerian god Enki. In fact, Enki was the god that is the god of Eridu where the Tower of Babel was built. Now the word Babel means gate of the what? God, gate of the god. So, well, who was the god? Enki was. Many people say that Enki is just the characterization of the devil. So we see that he is wearing like a, like a witch's hat. Do you see that? And it's got kind of branches coming off of it. That is the symbol of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. 
And so he is crowned with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, wearing a witch's hat, and that's where witches get their hat. Notice he's got a bird on his hand there, much like the bird that was, that was flying at the start of the concert. And then you have the fish and the water symbols around him. That is, uh, in Sumerian typology, that means the abyss, or the abusos is what they called it. So he's coming out, he's being summoned from the abyss into the natural realm, all right? Let's go to the next one. This is also a picture of Inki. This person over here is summoning Inki through this portal. Notice there are two demonic beings on the side, and then you have Inki in the middle. Okay, notice they're being summoned. Amen? Sometimes the music we listen to is a summoning. I tell you what, you know, there's movies that you can watch that are, are summoners. You know, you, you just know there's, you know, you know, you get a, you get a, you know, they should put on the box, you know, uh, you know, free poltergeist with every view, you know, I mean, it's just, <laughs> come in and uh, I've had, I've had to cast spirits out of houses because a person watched. Now, listen, guys, you be led by the spirit. I'm not here to throw any kind of prohibition on you or anything from anywhere from the Wizard of Oz Alice in Wonderland <clears throat> Aladdin I mean well, I could go on you know to the exorcist now most people say the exorcist but then Cinderella no problem sorry <laughs> you know it can be used as a summoning dependent upon your reaction and response to it. It can be used as a summoning. See, the whole point of entertainment, do you get that? Entertainment is to enchant you to get you to receive or to summon something. Okay? So if, 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 if I really like something and I get enchanted with it, I will open myself up. See, I give it permission. Are you getting anything? You understand what I'm saying? Now, that doesn't happen with every movie, and that doesn't happen with every song. But there are situations in which you can get obsessed. Have you ever got obsessed with a song? You know, it's in your head all the time. You wake up in the morning, it's in your head. These are enchantments that are meant to open you up to bring in something. Because spirits have to have the dominion of men to operate, okay? All right, let's go again, all right? Okay, now, let's go to the cave first. Go to that cave, all right. Now, this is the cave in Matthew 16 that Jesus and his disciples came to in Caesarea Philippi, it's called the gate of hell. It's basically called Pan's Labyrinth or Pan's Grotto, okay? So it is the Greek god Pan, which was a goat-like character that was demonic that resembles the Baphomet, which is the, you know, satanic uh, god, you know, the satanic symbol, okay? So he has a fife, 
So he plays music, all right? And he likes children and animals. So we have the spirit of pedophilia and the spirit of uh, bestiality, you know, shown forth in there. Now, uh, this is Pan's Grotto. See, Jesus is right there. He's talking to his disciples. Notice what it says. And when he came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he turned to his disciples and said, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, You know what? You're John the Baptist. You're Jeremiah. You're one of the prophets. But then he turns and he says, Who do you say that I am? And Peter, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus gets excited and he says, Flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, Simon, but my Father who is in heaven. And he says, and you shall be Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gate, the portals of hell, shall not prevail against the church. Hallelujah. Understand that, all right? And then he goes on and he says, And behold, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven that whatsoever you bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you loose on earth is going to be loosed in heaven. This is the backdrop that Jesus uses. Just as this artist was using a backdrop to bring about a message, Jesus chooses the real one to give you the real message. That there's nothing in that cave, there's nothing behind that cave, there's nothing down from that cave that has the ability to overcome the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on another picture. Let's show it a little bit more here. See that? Doesn't it look like a mouth? That's exactly what the picture was because this was a portal into hell. The Romans believed that this went to Hades. They believed this went to Hades. And even after Peter had that great declaration of faith that we all have said that caused us to pass from death unto life, Jesus talks about his passion. He talks about his upcoming crucifixion. And Peter says, far be it from you, Lord. He actually says, pity yourself. And the Lord turns and he speaks to not Peter, but to Satan. He says, get thee behind me, Satan. What was he pointing at? That right there. Get thee behind me, Satan, for you savor not the things of God, but the things of men. He was standing in opposition to this gate. Now that is on the base of Mount Hermon. And we studied the mountain last week. Mount Hermon is where the 200 watchers came to infiltrate society and to mar the creation of man. That's what they call the gate. Jesus actually goes up on top of the mountain, right where those 200 watchers were. And he's transfigured into his full glory. What was he saying? Come on. Come on. You think you got it? You ain't got it. I'm going to take a hold of you, and I'm going to dethrone you. I'm going to cause you to be powerless. I'm going to strip you of all your authority. Amen? 
Now let's go to Pan. Okay, we see Pan there, and we see him with the lyre, so that's music, you know. We begin to see that coming from the line of Cain, that angels taught music, you know, as a means of manipulation. Okay, uh, let's go to the next one. Let's go to, and that's basically this story. Instead of seeing a goat man, we have this story. It kind of, you know, doctors it a little bit, but we have the Pied Piper of Hamlin. And this basically, you know, some say that this was a true, true account, true story, in which the music lured the kids to their death. Okay, same, same uh, instance here. Okay, let's go to the next one here. Okay, let's go to the video. Now, watch this video closely. This is a video from the uh, Drake portion of the concert. And be sure and look over at your right, over to this far right. All right, so look, I'm watching the Travis Scott and Drake's concert, but what is this? What was that? I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but what is that? You see it? Now, this guy is not a Christian. I had to cut out his F-bombs to get this to you. Um, majority of people on TikTok and on social media are not Christians that are commenting about the demonic manifestations that were here at this concert. Um, there's lots of comments that say, you know what, I need to get saved. I need Jesus. See, we need to see this as an opportunity. Because this is the harvest. Right there is the harvest. Now, Satan tried to serve them up as a smorgasbord to his demons. But God's going to turn that around where these people who are crying out for God who have been confronted with the unseen world are now realizing that if that's real then Jesus is real yes. Yes. amen and we have to be the church that is willing to capitalize on that amen we have to be the church that is willing to capitalize on that and so that stuff is real. We've been talking about it, talking about it, preparing you as an army four times just like this. If it's frolicking around a group of people, and that's not the only one, friends, then it's in our neighborhoods, it's in our schools, it's in our places of business, it's everywhere. And guess what? Behold, I give you the keys of the kingdom. And whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you lose, let's live like that's real. Let's live like that's the absolute truth, because it is. If the master said it, he meant it. We are the legislative assembly that is upon the earth. God is not going to use anyone else but the people in this room and in every blood-bought child of God that's in this world. He's going to use us. So it's time for us to stand up and not tolerate darkness any longer 
but speak against. The problem is, is we want the popularity that that picture conveys. And we just need to realize that we need to sink that ship and let it sink and realize they need us to be who we're supposed to be. The light of the world, even when they curse the light because their deeds are evil, we're still going to be the light. We're still going to be the voice. We're still going to be the hands. We're still going to be the feet. That's what we're called to do. Those people resemble lives that Jesus died for. Jesus died for every single person in that place. We need to have the same heart that Jesus has. And we need to be concerned that they are being put in places in which these things can run rampant in their lives. People began to suffocate. They began to have cardiac failure. They began to have all kinds of medical issues because it was a smorgasbord for demons because they opened up a portal. But praise God, you're a portal. And I'm a portal. And when I go and I minister to somebody, the kingdom of God comes through me. The power of God comes through me. The deliverance of God comes through me. And it delivers from the bondage of the enemy. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Can we give God praise? Hallelujah. He's so good. Glory to God. Amen. Well, if you're here and you don't know the Lord, we're going to have people that... We're going to be up here to pray with you, to minister to you, and uh, Daniel's going to close us out. All right, glory. All right, just a quick few announcements. Uh, today is the last day that they're actually do, selling the pies for missions, so you can see the ladies out there. And uh, they're $25 a piece. They go for missions within the house that go out and do mission on the mission field. There's also, we support missions within the whole global world that we that your tithes and offerings go to support them too so as i joked uh, as i joked in the first service uh if you're eating your thanksgiving turkey and you can talk into your family about what we've been learning at church a nice little pecan pie or cherry pie kind of soothe the situations amen yeah it goes down that dry turkey needs <laughs> dry turkey in the spirit realm glory and has anyone got one of these if you haven't, you will probably, if you come to 11 o'clock service, you will probably show up a f one Sunday this month and one Sunday next month that there's only a 9 a.m. service. And I'm not going to tell you. I want you to grab one of these. We do these for a reason. We're blessed with Montana helping us. Pastor Rebecca, the other ladies that put thought into this, there's a reason we want you to know what's going on. If you're not in the know, and you show up at 11 o'clock and you're, you just go straight to steer in, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what you'll do. Show up upset. So make yourself available to this. Pastor Greg's new book, Secret World, is out. And now it, it's out on Amazon and Kindle, but it's physically out in the bookstore. You can actually buy it today and take it home. It's holiday seasons are coming up. You can blow people's mind away with truth that has been revealed Amen. Amen. Your secret world is a counterfeit. The cities that are being built, they're trying to disguise the secret places that God has placed upon you. And train is also empowered to discover. The power to discover what God rightfully gave you. He gave you a purpose. He gave you provision. And he gave you power. When sickness and disease comes into your house, 
You speak with authority that is rightfully yours and provision of health. Amen. Glory. You guys are dismissed on this beautiful Sunday morning. We'll see you next Sunday. Amen. Now, or Wednesday. Please be here Wednesday. We get even, Pastor Craig gets even deeper on Wednesdays. Amen.